welcome to Hustle and Pro. This is episode 150. I'm your host, Kelly Walker, and today we have another host with us, but as a guest, you're a guest with me today, which is kind of different for you. And 150, so, that's like a landmark episode. Well, thanks. I feel honored. I Well, it's exciting to have you here. <laughs> and we took a, I took a field trip from Frisco. We're in Dallas. We're down at Cumulus today. Mm. So um, I'm excited that you said yes. When I saw you at Rough Riders Media Day, yes. I said, hey, Sean. So let me hold on. Didn't get your name out the door. Sorry. Sean Bass. No, it's okay. I just want to make sure I clearly introduce you properly. So Sean Bass, you are the sports director at The Ticket, mm-hmm. uh, also an anchor, host, and Muser's ticket guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've, I wear a lot of hats up here. In fact, I just had my 21st anniversary three days ago. So I've been with the, what used to be Susquehanna Faults Graph is now Cumulus, so I've spent my 20s and now my 30s at this place. So welcome into the mothership. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And congrats on that many years. That's, yeah. a, that's a lifetime. Yeah, and radio, that's a good run. Like People are like, man, that's that's impressive, which it is because I have friends who have, you know, are probably way more talented than I am that have bounced around market to market and you just don't have that kind of longevity, longevity. in a certain station. But it's the only job I've ever really known like I got out of college and I was already working at the station for I think four or five years at that point. And then I became wow. full time in oh six, oh seven, somewhere in there. And so it is the only real job yeah, you've yeah. ever had. I had a job recruiting doctors right out of college because uh-huh. I needed benefits and full time pay. And that just sucked the life force right out of me. And, you know, I was already here and I got the call and yeah. that was a really easy easy decision to make. But uh yeah, the broadcasting industry, and especially radio, terrestrial radio, has changed a lot oh, yeah. know, in my my two decades. And it's yeah. uh, maybe we'll get into that today. I don't know, but it's it's a it's a different market than when I entered it. Oh, sure. When I was nineteen. Sure. I mean, any any media in general, just the way that people consume and the way that they listen to you guys and all the different ways people can listen right. has completely changed. It used to just be the one, the mm-hmm. dial. Now, yeah, it's a little fragmented. Now we have podcasting. Now we have video stuff. Now we have people with smartphones, and we've had to adapt. And luckily, we have such a good listenership. Sure, you know we're we're a a Dallas brand, and we were the first. We're the best, and we've won four Marconi's. And uh, the show I work on, the Musers, they won Major Market Personalities of the Year this past year, which was long overdue for the Musers. The Musers uh, um, is a great show. I'm a longtime P one, so I left Texas Tech and came here. It's about been the same amount of time you've worked here, yeah. honestly. Yeah, it's a little 20 years. Um, maybe 21. We uh, might, yeah, it might have been the same time. So it's it's kind of the the sports talk I know mm-hmm. and love. It's the only thing I listen to. And um, it's so different. I mean, you go to yeah. other markets. Oh, yeah. It's taking calls. It's, it's different. generic national talking points. And yeah. it just feels like the same everywhere else. And I'm a little surprised. And, you know, there's the bar stools out there. And a few stations have tried to do what we do, but because we've had basically the same crew the whole time, you know, there's that familiar familiarity oh, yeah. there. And then, you know, we just don't take ourselves all that seriously. Right. It sounds easy. It's I know guy it's not. talk and it's changed. I mean, we can't do some of the stuff we used to do because of the uh, mm-hmm. changing attitudes about certain societal topics. And we've mm-hmm. had to just adjust. But at, at the end of the day, we're just a bunch of dorks having fun. It's Well, it sounds like it. And it is different. I used to do national ad sales. And so I would travel around the country and. Um, you know, get in a rental car and find radio. Yeah. And it was always really funny just to hear <laughs> the the personalities, which you guys, you know, mock, but it's right on. And hear the Homer, just the conversations. And like you said, mm-hmm. the call-ins and just how that it's funny to compare how they're talking about their teams 
And then, I mean, we we all do it, right. but like that's why we love and listen. But it is funny, and y'all, but y'all do it different. There is there is a nuance that that every ticket show has that is that is different. That's why we love it. Um, I think that we have something in common. I mm-hmm. read that you uh, your dad might have gotten you into loving sports, and at least that's why you wanted to come or hear or listen here before right. you got here. Yeah, my dad like and I listened when this thing went on the air back in 1994. I was in seventh grade, and okay. I listened with my dad in the car on the way to school and on the way home. And also my buddies, my best friend, Scott, who I've referenced on the air before, he started listening a lot. So that just became like what we would listen to on the weekend or, mm-hmm. you know, when we're first driving a car, that was, that was a big thing. So right. when you get to choose your own, yeah, it's kind of yeah. been the soundtrack of my youth. And the fact I get to work here sometimes it's kind of surreal. Were you an athlete when you were little? Yeah. Played baseball, okay. football, basketball, did all the sports, played baseball and football in high school. And okay. You know, that's the thing, like, people that get into sports media, it's just a bunch of failed athletes or people that thought they were better than they actually were they, when they were kids. And that, that that is one thing that people, like, always criticize. They're like, yeah, you never played. I'm like, well, I played in high school. Sure, but, played but, enough. But enough to talk about it. Most of our listeners only played in high school, too. Yes. So I think there's a relatable factor there. Yeah. I mean, you just have to know enough um, to be able to have an opinion and talk about it. Sure. But you cover so much. So um, you host Diamond Talk. Yes. Uh, with Ty Walker. I do. And um, <coughs> I'm guessing you were with Mike Reiner also on that no, show. No, 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 no. Or did uh, you? What happened? Mike overlap? and Greg were the original hosts of Diamond Talk from like day one of the ticket. And they did that for the better part of a decade. And then they both got tired of having to get done with their show at seven and go to the ballpark and do the whole bit. And I get that because, yeah, it's a lot. you know, it's a lot. And uh, the station had a great level of success, so they probably feel like they didn't have to do that any longer. So then it was just a, a hodgepodge of different people over the years, like uh, Pete Stein, Kevin Scott, Mark Friedman, who was our old assistant program director. They all held things down. But that's like the one thing coming up at this station that I really wanted to do at some point because I was such a Ranger fan. I used to listen to Diamond Talk to Mike and Grego when I was a kid. Sure. So it's like that was like a big carrot for me in my younger days broadcasting here. And I got the job when things opened up, and I did the show the first year with Mike Bassick, former Major League pitcher who's now over at the fan. He gave up the the Barry Bonds uh, historic home run. Mm-hmm. A local guy, too. Great yeah. guy. We're yeah. still friends. But he lost his job here, and then that next year, uh, it was David Newberry and myself, who's a former USC kicker who does some weekend stuff here mm-hmm. and a lot of football stuff. But uh, after a couple years of him working a full-time job and then going out to the ballpark at night, that became a grind. So then my friend Ty Walker and I, I think this is our 11th or 12th year. I, I get a little fuzzy. Wow. I think this is my 14th year of doing the show. Okay. And I think this houses. is year 11 with Ty. With Ty. So. So. We saw the great, the the, the halcyon days of the, the club because like I started in 09, which is when they started when to they get good. good. Of course, then they go or to a couple good World period, Series. I guess. Yeah. And now we're in kind of a downswing, but things are hopefully getting better in the next year or two. I don't, I don't really know. I it's, like the question as you state that. Like, it's, it's hard to question. know. I mean, everybody assumes that, and you know, we're both out at uh, Frisco Media Day, and you see those good young prospects, and it gets you excited. But a prospect is never a straight arrow. They're, they, they kind of meander sometimes, and they have to go through their own maturation and master every level and there's injuries and you just you just never know yep but at least at least the owner spent some money this past year to get people kind of on board on the right track or trying as we we record i think a three and nine start is sort of dampen everybody's spirits yeah and i do want to talk more about that like especially when we were out there i want to talk more um about that that farm system and everything with Mm -hmm. with the rangers um so but 
when you talk about Diamond Talk in the late night, so you're the morning guy here, so you're not doing the leave at seven, go straight to the ballpark bit, but you're coming in early. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a life adjustment because for years and years I was the midday anchor, so I worked ten to three. That was perfect. Like I could yeah. easily do a post game show because I was not only doing the Rangers post game, I was doing Mass post game for like three years. So I was kind of doing a post game show year round, and it was just like was great. You know that extra income and. You know, it fit my lifestyle pretty well, but then I got moved to mornings after Rich Phillips left. I became assistant program director, and I didn't want to give up my postgame show because I love it. Love it. And so, yeah, luckily I have a wife who has been an online educator for going on nine years now. Oh, wow. So, so she works from home, so I can go home and nap during the day. Then I can wake up and pick up the kids from school and still be a dad. And then great. when it's a, a Rangers home game during the weeknight, I have to come back up here or wherever – the show is going to be held and go do that. And it's a lot of times rolling in about 1230 to 1.30 a.m., depending mm-hmm. on how late the game right. goes. So that sort you of never sucks. Know with, <laughs> you never know with baseball. But, it, you know, in, in getting up at 4 a.m., that, that that's a tough turnaround. But like I said, I can sleep at home. And, you know, I, I do it because I like it. I mean, yeah. it's it's a nice financial sure, boost, too. Sure. But at the same time, I, I if there's one thing I'm going to give up last here at the station, it's it's, the it's Rangers post game, yeah. Okay, as if that wasn't enough, then you also have a podcast that you do too. Yeah. So Diamond Pod. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like a, a cousin of Diamond Talk because okay. is the club has been really bad over the past five years, and I'll be honest, like our hosts talk Cowboys, they talk Mavericks, they barely talk Stars. Yeah. And when the Rangers aren't good, they're sort of out of sight, out of mind right. too. So I thought, well, what's a way our station can still bring the listeners, you know, some stuff that they're not getting on the air. I thought, well, Diamond Pod would be a perfect idea. My friend Michael Tepid, who blogs for LoneStarBall.com, mm-hmm. we see him at Frisco all the time. He's a wealth of knowledge. And then uh, Scott Lucas, who writes for the Newberg Report, yep. who is more plugged into the prospect scene than anybody. So plugged in. And, Get those daily emails. And luckily, we've yeah. become friends over the years. We were podcasting at a different place over at Vocal, doing uh, Rangers, uh, Rangers on Deck, I think. But then we decided to not work for Vocal anymore because – some of their programming choices didn't set well with us. And we decided, hey, I have this, you know, loud microphone at this this major station and we now have a podcast feed, which we're trying to build right. up a little bit. So I we, noticed it feeds into the tickets yeah. podcast list. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's that's the agreement. We we run everything through the station. It's a way we can promote our product. It's a way we can promote Diamond Talk. And it's just a it's just a it's a it's built in audience too. Right. So you don't have to like start from scratch and worry about getting like a couple hundred downloads. You can yeah. Have thousands of downloads ready to go because we have such a big base yeah. of listeners here. I, I thought I thought it was I a no brainer. No, it is. It is a no brainer. Um, as people get into podcasting, that is the hardest thing. When you are not known, mm-hmm. you don't have a built in audience. It is like every one person. Yeah. And there's so many good counts. podcasts out there that die on the vine because after a while, you look look up and go, "Man, is this worth it?" Is no, no matter out there? what content we're saying, no, yeah. no matter how good or bad it is, right. if it's not finding an audience that that depresses you. I know. As a host. Some of my best shows, I'm like, why aren't more people seeing this? <laughs> right. But then at the same time, because I'm local, I stick with Frisco mostly, you know, at the same time, it's really cool when somebody comes up to me and says, oh, hey, that episode you just did on so and so, that was great, or right. whatever. Um, like we tailgate for FC Dallas a mm. lot, and I do a lot of soccer coverage. And so when, you know, my tailgate guy buddies come up and want to talk about an episode, or if I had a player or a coach on or something, it's re- it really, it really does really make cool. me feel good that like there are people listening that I'm not related to. And I like that know? more people are getting into soccer. And I know that, you know, they've been in Frisco for a long time now. Yes. But, you know, 
not not many people really latched on to the Dallas burn when they were the Cotton Bowl. Right. You know, the soccer fan has been paying attention to MLS and FC Dallas for a number of years, but I feel like now that there's a regular place to see them on TV, yeah, you know, the ESPN Plus sure. coverage definitely helps. Yeah. So I feel like it's become, and, you know, having all the talent there too, the it's talent, starting to, it's finally starting to penetrate the market some. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're not going to spend any segments talking FC Dallas on our station, but we have our friends, the kick around. Well, yeah. Peter but, and Andy, they do a fantastic job every Saturday for do. two hours. And they're, they're sort of a one stop shop. When there's big stuff, like the Hardline will have Dan Hunt or Clark, com, right. you know, call in. I mean, they're, Every now and then there's a moment mm-hmm. where there's yeah. soccer coverage. And my husband works from our upstairs, other corner of the house, and he'll call, holler at me, Kelly, they're about to do some, they're about to talk <laughs> soccer. So make sure that I'm cool. I'm listening um, whenever you guys do. Well, and it's, soccer. we're but, coming up on a World Cup year too. Yeah. So there'll lot, be a little yeah. bit more on the stage. So the talent right now, it is at a high level, especially with all the call ups for national team play. Mm-hmm. Um, even just this week at the younger level of national team, we've got, ton more call-ups i mean it's like we're it's really starting this farm system feel with the usl league yeah. so it's like one lower than our, our first team in frisco it's and dallas really has starting produced a to ton turn. of young talent over the yeah. years i mean it's this is nothing new but yeah but it's bigger it's more yeah. right now so it, there is. is like this vibe and we're winning home games which means now uh i've had season tickets in almost the same spot for 10 years mm. and there are New soccer fans now at every game right. sitting around us that, like, it's their first ever pro soccer game. So and I know a lot fun. of people are like, oh, man, Austin's atmosphere is better. And I think it is. But the fact that that's happening down there, that might engage more people up here in North Texas sure. to go, hey, we could have something like that, too. Because for years, it was yeah. just Dallas and Houston. And no offense to those those teams, the atmospheres at those stadiums aren't what you get up in the Northwest. Right. Or at other spots in the MLS. Right. So. But, yes, the the other Texas rival has helped. Mm. Um, and I think it's made more people just competitive, you know, yeah. more Texas teams to talk about and yeah. try to beat. So, um, and then I also wanted to talk about speaking of like doing this podcast, um, when I was researching you, um, we have some mutual connections that have also been hustle and pro guests. So Greg Tepper. Oh, Tep. Oh, yes. He's the best. Big personality. Oh my God. And- I remember he talking about him. He told a really funny, like, um, Cliff Kingsbury football story yeah? because I went to college with Cliff. And so, okay. yeah. So he's a big, he's a big fun guy to talk to. Yeah. I he's, I mean, and the fact that he's just created his own lane so well, I mean, Texas high school football is such a universal thing, but mm-hmm. to make that his own and put his brand on the already, you know, historic brand of Dave Campbell's is, right. is so great. And yeah. he, he's been a friend for, 15 years now and he's one of the just most genuine sweet guys you'll yeah. ever run run across and same with chris mykoski oh so chris you probably know yeah. that family like Absolutely. i love to talk i've had him on a few times because just learning about his like the family line of you know working with the rangers right. and like it's just it's it runs so deep cool. doesn't it it runs deep yeah. and all the cool stuff he's gotten to do with baseball from growing up in baseball is really cool. And so I like seeing him. I mean, he's doing, he's covering a lot of different things. I saw him at the ballpark at Frisco, um, the Frisco Classic. Mm-hmm. We covered that together. And he, well, he was in the press box. I was just covering for press conferences and stuff. He was a lot on of there. Southland stuff but, during football yeah. season. And yeah, he's Conference all over USA. the place. Yeah. yeah, he's all over the place. And then um, Gina Miller. Oh. What's your connection there? Did you guys ever work in the same I've just known Gina at the same time? through the media for yeah. like, 
I don't know, the whole time I've been doing media sure. stuff, and she's just a blast. She is. She is. And now yeah. she's, of course, at FC Dallas. Yes. Because she went to, what, L.A. for, like, a couple years after 11, I want to say. Maybe 11 so. and 21, then she went to L.A., now she's back with FC Dallas. So yep. it's good to have a friendly face back in the, the media scene. Yeah, she's sure. great. She's very gracious. When I started this show and was, like, didn't know, I still don't think I know, but I know more. Uh, she was <laughs> one of my first guests. Yeah. She's so nice. She's like, I'm sure she did not have time, but she's like, yeah, let's just go sit in my office and we'll record. And of course, she's amazing. She mm. could have just done the whole thing by herself. Right, right. Been great. Um, and then we have a lot of Rough Riders staff overlap too. I've had oh, yeah. I've had Victor on, and then the previous Andy, the previous GM, and then um, even one of the the Vicky, the lady who's at the front desk when you walk oh, in. Of course, the admin, yes, absolutely. Uh, she came on because her and her husband have like a ballpark bucket list visiting visiting all the ballparks oh, that they wow. yeah so a lot of rough riders i'll have to uh, bother her about that next time yeah, i go out there which is probably it. saturday because we get another jack lighter yes start, so yes i will be there to tonight okay. actually i'm gonna miss the jack lighter start so okay i do want to talk about jack lighter before we go that route though i'm gonna stop for a quick break we're gonna hear from one of our sponsors and we'll be right back with more from sean bass and we'll talk a little bit of jack lighter and maybe some mavs talk also we'll be right back I want to tell you guys about Beyond Studios. I'm going there for Pilates right now, and I love it, and I want you guys to try it out. You can actually try your first class for free when you use my code HUSTLEANDPRO. That's HUSTLE, ampersand, ampersand, PRO, and you'll get your first class for free. So you can check it out at either their Beyond Studios location in West Frisco on 4th Army or the Beyond 500, which is at Lebanon and Legacy, and that's more of a cardio workout. So head to thebeyondstudios.com to find out more. Welcome back to Hustle and Pro. Uh, we are back with Sean Bass. And before the break, we were talking about Jack Leiter and the Rough Riders. So I do want to talk to you more about that. That's that's where I saw you last was at Media Day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all got group interviews that day. But the ticket guys <laughs> yeah. get to pull pull him over to do the one-on-one, which is awesome. I um, literally sent Zach Bigley an email and he said yes. It's not like we did anything special. We didn't pay anybody. Well, you are special, though. Yeah. Um. I, I'll get one-on-ones throughout the season, but for media day, yeah, you guys, the big dogs get to talk <laughs> to him the longest, which is fine. But um, I kind of just wanted your thoughts from the, from that one-on-one and just everything. We've only seen him a little bit so far, but yeah. but yeah, what what did you take away? My takeaway was this guy is just turned 22 like a couple days ago, and he he acts like a big leaguer of like a decade, you know? He's real settled. I mean, having a dad be Al Leiter, who's on MLB Network, so and also Vanderbilt, which Gets a lot more media yep. attention than most college but, programs. Yeah, big spotlight. Obviously, he's going to be a little bit more polished, but it was, and it wasn't like a jerk type vibe, but you could tell that he's business. You can tell that he's an alpha male athlete. You can tell that he knows he's good, right. but there's not like this air of like pretentiousness or he's right. not condescending. It doesn't bother you. He just has a vibe, kind of like Tom Brady in a way, just has a vibe of, yes, I'm great. I'm still a nice guy. I'll answer your question, but you can tell that this is a business trip for him, mm-hmm. and he doesn't plan on making roots in Frisco very long because yeah. I'm guessing if thing if he stays healthy, he's probably in Round Rock maybe by the end of this year. Yeah, I was I wondered what or you were Arlington say depending, but I I don't really want I don't really want him to be in Arlington that this fast. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want him to to develop and get this level a little bit longer. I mean, Cole Wynn is in AAA. I think he's a candidate to be before him. Mm-hmm. 
Obviously, AJ Alexi's throwing the ball well for the Express. He's on the 40 man, so that makes a lot of sense. Right. Granado just got called up. Right. He's going to pitch tonight. Yeah, yeah. So there's dudes that have been in the system that are a little further along, right. I guess. Should be in line ahead of him. Now, I don't know if they're, they're talented as he is right. because there's nobody as talented in the system right now than, than young Jack Lattie. But part of that will play itself out with the Rangers, how their season's going, too. Yeah. Not that, I mean, it's. I hate talking about like records this early and mm. there's such a, there's so many, there's so much baseball to play, but part of that, you know, the management team will have to weigh like, is our season are like, what, what kind of season are at some point? I think if they were like point messing around and trying to get a wild card spot, uh-huh. then maybe Push. like, you know what, let's bring them up for a handful of stars. Right. But I don't think there's any illusions about what this thing is. Yeah. I think John Daniels, Chris Young, they've all been very, mostly transparent about the expectations this year. I mean, in an interview, they say, oh, we don't have expectations. That means you're not going to be very good. If you thought you were going to be good, be like, hey, it's a playoff team. It's not. We need to pin it or we need The bullpen is trash, and I hate that because it's making games tough to watch. I think the offense on given nights will be, you know, like you saw last night in Seattle. They were able to race a 5-0 deficit. They have dudes like Garver and Simeon and uh, Seager and – even a, a Brad Miller veteran type that makes it look more like a major league lineup than we've seen the past few yeah. years. So that makes it a more watchable product every night. That makes our post game show a lot easier to do. Yeah. You there's, know, there's stuff at the plate. Last to talk year was about. just so bad because you knew if they get down by two or three runs, that was it. Not coming back from no, that. No, not yeah. at all. But when the bullpen's not good, then it's rough because then all those runs are for nothing. Right. Right. And that's what yeah. it's been a lot so far this season. I mean, yeah. I think I predicted 76 wins in the morning news. And I felt like I was being like super homerific. Really? Yeah. That low and low of a number. Yeah. Well. So maybe then lighter will simmer and double or triple A all season or sure. some him to next year. And right. then we'll see him when it's time, when the right time to really like slot him in there. I mean, and he's throwing make- a fastball, as we know, mm-hmm. slider and curve. Mm-hmm. And he could probably just throw those three pitches and be fine. But he talked to us during media day about how he doesn't feel completely at home with his changeup. Maybe that's something he can work, work on. on. Yeah. You know, I, I know he wants to tighten up his slider a little bit, get more, uh, I guess, horizontal movement on it. So there's going to be outings where he probably doesn't look as dominant as he could because people need to remember when they're watching a minor league start, sometimes the the pitcher and catcher go, okay, this is what we're going to work on today. Let's try something. We're not worried about winning. We're just going to worry about this. Like Cole Wynn the other night, he threw – 13 right-on-right changeups, which is super rare for most pitchers. But he, he didn't throw his curveball hardly at all like he did the game prior because he was working, working on specifically stuff. On but the that. fact that he's getting to that point where he doesn't need to go out and try to impress every game, that gives you as a signal that maybe he's close to being ready. Yeah. So I can see Cole Wynn being in the rotation in July, August. This summer. Mm-hmm. Good. That's good. All right. With his mu- – well, um, I was going to ask, with all the time that you spend at Globe Life Field mm-hmm. – I know you're not always out there. No, but. I mean, a lot, a lot of nights we do the show in studio. Yeah. But I live in Mansfield. Right. And I'm like 10 minutes away. Yeah. So I can go out and see. Like, I went to see Otani a few times this past week because you, you got to go see Otani, yeah. right? So do you love the ballpark? Uh, No. Why I love I love the old ballpark. I don't. I love the old ballpark. Uh, I think aesthetically, the new one is very sterile. Mm-hmm. It has a very, it's like you're walking into a giant Nebraska furniture mart. <sighs> I mean, look. When it's 105 out, Ouch. it's great. It's great. Sure. But I don't like the synthetic turf. 
It doesn't have a lot of character yet. I'm sure that'll develop over the years. Over memories and but the, such. The hardest but... part is looking through the window and seeing your old girlfriend right, over there, who you still, who you still absolutely love and still looks great. And soccer from the being played in there. And high school football and things like that. It's yeah. And rugby yeah. now, I think, is oh, going yeah, on there. Probably. Anything. I mean, I saw an XFL game there, and to see like the, the left field wall be wiped out for stands. Yeah. And there's no more dugouts. It yeah. just it makes you like, like get angry inside just to see your old. Beautiful place where so many memories were forged right. as a kid. I is know. Now just it's ruined forever. It is. It's weird. And it's, yeah, it is sad. But I, so I wondered. I, I had never heard you talk about. But air conditioning, fine. Yes, that's good. Start times, but, no rain outs, fine. Yes, Whatever. all that's great. But, and that's, and that's good for the future and getting players who want to be here and all that. Yeah. I get all that. And for I, think fans. You, I think if you pay people, but, they'll come no matter. Sure. But I'm one of those fans who I've watched baseball and been a player all my life and like, Part of what I like about being at the ballpark is being out in the heat and Kinda sweating. Gross, yeah. yeah, like that's part of like summer baseball. Is it's all right with me. And then I'm used to it. In the opposite, in the winter with cold FC Dallas games, it's like layering up, right. bringing your, your it's all, about. all your gloves and all your blankets and being uncomfortable and like. But that's why the soccer. Scarf but if you're is playing in the winter, you're probably in the playoffs, and it's great. Like right. it, that's all kind of part of the fan experience for me. Like mm-hmm. I don't need the air conditioning. I know so. I was, but they I can was put concerts the in place. there. Mm-hmm. We have Lady Gaga coming in August, which my wife wants to go to. Oh, I'm sure she'll and be And the yeah. owners have capitalized with that property, with hotels and Texas Live. And yeah, it's the, great. The value of their franchise has gone up exponentially, and they rooked Arlington into paying half of it. So that's the business. I guess way to part. go, Bob and Neil and sure. Ray. You know, yeah, you did a good job there. I guess. Yeah. And, you know, I'm from rich people stay rich. And remember, I'm in Frisco, so I get that with being at, um, I can see the star from my mm-hmm. house. So yeah. <laughs> that's just how it goes sometimes. <clears throat> the business part takes over. Um, okay. I want to wrap up with talking Mavs. Sure. So as we record this, we just finished game three mm-hmm. and it was a big, it's been a big week a big few nights um for those that can see it too it's even better don't even like (laughs) it's it's a big it's a big problem in my household what do you we don't have we have youtube tv what do you guys have we have at&t which is direct tv which it's a whole it could i could tell tell this whole story and take up two (laughs) of my episodes but we tried to upgrade to get the right channel to get bally and my husband was on the phone for like an hour and a half to, for, on Monday, so we could watch Monday game, and it ended up we did not get to see it. We oh, had to no. listen to it, so now we're listening to it or finding friends and all this. It's just been a nightmare. I've got a like, way. I've a got nightmare. a way for you to watch it. Okay. I'll tell you off. Okay. There. Yes. Might awesome. not be totally legal, but well, I already have plans for tomorrow because we have FC Dallas at two, and then as soon as that's done, it'll they'll be tipping off, and we're already like, okay, we have to lock in our plan now. Well, so tomorrow's we TNT. Oh, good. Yeah, so you're good tomorrow. <gasps> I know it's it's just maddening. See, it's 2022, I, and we're I dealing can't. with this. I know it's yeah. I can't the whole the whole thing. Anyways, for those who did get to see it, mm. yes, I live by. I watched like while we're listening to it. I'm also watching Twitter just to sort of see, sure. like feeling like I'm a little bit more involved. Um, yeah, it's and, like the sports bar. Twitter. Yeah, it is. It's it kind of helps me get through the game. But um, but it's been really exciting lately, and and then the whole like Luca angle with. Is he going to play? Isn't he now? It's been really entertaining listening to the shift in conversation every morning with you guys or throughout the whole day with Pickett. But the whole, man, we hope he's healthy enough to play. And then, and then, 
now it's do we really need him to play? Feels like found money. It's like, well, heck, do we need to push it? Yeah, yeah, like keep him healthy. Not he's gonna have to get back at some point. Well, sure. And if he's healthy enough to play Saturday, great. Great. I mean, maybe not playing forty-five minutes, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know. Look, he's he's a competitor. They've probably had to hold him back from doing a lot of like workout stuff and practice things. And sure, when he's ready, he is a top ten five player in the league. Right. So that's going to make a difference. And you've already won two games with Adam, which I know, is nuts. Which is so great though. But like, do you, do you feel like having him sidelined is exactly what like the, the rest of these guys need, like to be able to step up? Like it's I mean, not, they played so many games with Adam in the regular season. I think they, they knew they could, but yeah. they, they didn't do it in playoff, playoff atmospheres and to win on the road in Salt Lake city where they had lost 11 was straight yeah. was a confidence boost. And to know that Jalen Brunson has that in him and he can like dip into that as he, you know, went to the locker room last night by getting yeah. a cheap shot cheap in shot. his back by Royce O'Neal and to come back and like still be the guy. It makes you feel like, wow, okay, maybe Dallas has another star that they can lean on when, you know, your alpha is not you yeah. know, com- either completely healthy or playing his best, best brand of basketball. But I love it. I think it, it's tempered everybody's fear of, oh my gosh, if Luca can't play, yeah. like at least now we've seen recently, you know, on this momentum swing, we've mm. seen the other guys be able to step up and, and know that it's okay. Well, when you make and, 43 pointers in two games, right. I mean, that's, I mean, honestly, that's what it is. Sure. They're making their open shots and they yep. didn't make them in game one. Yep. It's not like Utah's good defensively. I mean, they have Gobert, but perimeter wise, they can be, they can be torched. And we've seen that for two games now. And it makes you feel like, okay, like, a decade or 11 years since they've been out of round one. Like their last series win was the NBA finals in 2011. So no, I it's been a, a long time. Coming. I remember it like it was yesterday. I had a baby in a onesie on the ground watching it. And yeah, he's 11 and a half. Oh my gosh. Now. So, yeah. and he's still watching him. He's, well, he's never known the Mavericks to be like great. You know, no, he's oh. never known really any, I mean, he's never seen right after he was born was when the Rangers, we went to the Rangers. Um, what was it, ALCS game or whatever? I don't mm. remember now. Um, it's Detroit. Uh, no, it must have been a different game because it was the A-Rod strikeout. Oh, that was game six of 2010. Okay, 2010. Yeah. Yeah, because he was born 2010 fall. So, any, But anyways, he's never lived through it to remember right. yet. Any, my, my kids are the same. 11 and 7. Winning. Like, yeah. Zoe was a baby when they were mm-hmm. going to the World Series and right. when the Mavs were you know, winning a title. Right. But really, I mean, I've tried to take them to go see Dirk when he was playing and – I've taken them to Ranger games and stuff. And oh, yeah. Just they they dig taste. it, but they've always thought, well, they're yeah. dad's always kind of in a bad mood because they're not very good. <laughs> and I'm amazed that Jack is still into the Cowboys as much as he is. We are. Um, it means but, the propaganda machine is working. Oh, for sure. I that, mean, that's all that means. he's in Cowboyville, you know, yeah, like yeah. he, like we're at the star all the time. And, and you know, our kids go to Frisco schools and they, they play there. Yeah. And it's, and like we see, we see Zeke sitting at the stoplight next to us. You know, like he's he's yeah. in it, so he kind of like he's totally into and it. And branding works, but and branding works, yeah. and he just he loves. He's, They're the best at it. Eats it all up, even though he's never seen him do a thing. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. That's what sports is. That's that's what kids loving sports it's is. Three all decades about. here, like it's it's nothing new around here. Yeah, there's just another generation coming up being wholly disappointed by Dallas Cowboys football. Yeah, and then he'll go through all the things that I remember. All those times when you do get, you waited and you waited. My childhood was my dad, you know, watching and teaching me Rangers games and taking us to Rangers games. I'm from Waco. So oh, we wow. would drive up 
and that was like our report card celebration, sure. big stuff. Yeah, and so like deal. waiting for the big moments. And so mm. I remember the big moments because I, it took so long to get there. Right. Um, and then like, I remember where I was when the stars won. I was in college. I remember the bar I was at. Like, I just, you know, like you, sure. you, so they'll, my kids will get, our kids will all get those moments one day. One day. It, it always comes back around. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, yeah. but hopefully they're engaged yeah. and, and, and care like maybe we did because that's the thing with baseball too. And I'm not, Baseball is dying guy. I think baseball is actually very profitable and doing fine. But you do worry that maybe the younger generation doesn't quite latch onto it like we did. And that's something like I'm trying to like figure out with my daughters. Not that I'm trying to like make them baseball fans, but they're around it so much. Mm -hmm. I think they're naturally going to at a certain age really start to click with it. My 11 year old's not quite there. My seven year old just She's mad there's no more play area like they had at the old ballpark. Yeah, the playgrounds. That's like a that's like a big deal. Seven for her. is when I got really got into like softball. Yeah. And so I really oh, same. started. Oh, little, little league is game. what got me attached. Our kids don't play little league. They play soccer. They're into music and yeah. performance. And but they can like start. That. It's not too late. Yeah. No. There's I know. plenty of time. But and I I agree that it's not gone or dying because I I've been in the double A baseball and um, world and have a lot of friends that play triple A and majors mm. and like there is a group of boys out there. That's really into yeah, baseball, and their parents are really into it. There's and there's, there's always so going to be baseball. that sector of society, and I think yeah. that people that ignore that fact are they're not seeing the whole picture, right? It's 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 not dead at the younger age, mm. which is I mean these there's players coming up, you know. Yeah, there's a little league complex near our house on Saturday mornings. I, I'm pretty sure baseball is still very alive and well with all those families. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. and as much travel baseball as my friends do, they're mm-hmm. gone at a baseball tournament. Every weekend. That was, my, that was my youth. And it's good. And these kids are really good. I know. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's how it all evolves. And they'll all be moving up and farm system and they'll be out there. So, yeah, it's not it's not dwindling mm. anytime soon, I don't think. Yeah. It's changing maybe. But and I don't know if some of the rule changes are good or bad for it. I have opinions on that. I think, that, I think they thing. should try. I mean, don't just like say, ah, people will come around. Like you need to do things to make it better. Mm-hmm. And that's. Every North American sport has done sure. that. Baseball is always slow. And, uh, yeah, I have some some reservations about some of the things that are being proposed, too. But it is what it is. Yeah, and then you get used to it. Mm-hmm. And then you forget the old ways sometimes. I don't like the like, zombie runner in extra innings. I can't get past that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a weird. bridge too far. That might not me. stick. I mean, that might. That, that could it's supposed be, to go away next year. It was supposed yeah. to go away this year. Like two days before the season, they're like, nah, we're zombie gonna runner's it. back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. One day that that's won't fine. be a thing, I bet. But, no. um Yes. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. I took. Probably, I feel like I didn't really like. I know. I'm sorry. I get into too, too much. much no. No. I just feel like I've rambled. My episodes are short, but yeah. um, how long do you talk on Diamond Pod? Uh, we usually do an hour. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know. I've always had him short. And I, I work with Michael Tepid, and he like, you can let <laughs> ask him one thing, and he'll go for an hour. Or yeah. So. Yeah. I had an hour episode recently. It was Del Harris because oh. he just likes to keep going. All famer Del Harris. Yeah. And. I could have sat there. I mean, he just wants to tell stories from mm-hmm. 40 years ago, and, like, they're great. So right, right. how can you not? Um, but most of mine are pretty short. The publisher that, that I was with when I originally started this, we want they wanted, like, short episodes and sure. just more digestible. And, and I just sort of always kept that mm-hmm. kept that going. Even no, I when know. I've been on like, we try to keep stuff. our podcast under an hour because mm-hmm. when you look on your phone, yeah. when it downloads, you're thinking, oh, this is not in triple digits, so right. I can easily – can consume this yeah when they're longer than 30 then i know i can't get through it in like one workout or one drive session right, or whatever. Right. so it breaks it up a which commute. is fine yeah. i don't mind 
sometimes it gives, it takes me several days to get through mm-hmm. longer ones, but that means they're good if I'm still, you know, coming back to them for sure. try number three to get through it. Like, <laughs> that's fine. But yeah, mine are short. So I know, I know there's plenty more we could have gotten into, but, mm. but I appreciate that you, oh. first of all, let me in yeah. um, and said yes. And uh, you're done with your shift. So you're probably ready to start your weekend and get out of here. So yeah. Kind of, but I mean, I'm I'm happy to do this. I mean, this is this is really cool. Well, it's very kind. Like of what you. you're doing is giving a platform to a lot of people that are known, like Mark Followells of the world, Dale Harris, but also you yeah. know, you know, student athletes and yeah. just people around the community. Which a lot of times we don't shine enough light on those people. The those student people athletes either. are some of my favorites because mm-hmm. I obviously don't know the kids going into it, and they're so impressive. Many of them are so impressive. Yeah. They know, I think people they write just, off kids too quickly. Oh, they yeah. think, oh, these these young idiots, they don't know what they're doing. But then you actually talk to them, it's like, wow, the future might be in a decent place right. if we just trust the fact that these kids have brains and oh, yeah. we'll use them properly. Well, and I don't know if I told you this in Frisco, but I work with high school athletes. Mm-hmm. I have a part-time job that's with them. There's, gosh, we have 70 coaches. They're all high school athletes, and they train little kids, and they're amazing. Yeah. The parents will text me immediately after a private lesson and they're like, oh, so-and-so is so great. I can't believe the skill level that they got us to. And they're so prepared and they're so nice. And I mean, we train them to like, you know, look the parent in the eye, look the kid in the eye, like Mm -hmm. talk and how to wrap up and do it. But they're, we just don't give them enough credit. Teenagers, we don't give them enough credit for what they can actually do. And now that I'm in my forties, you know, with girls that will be teenagers before I want, sure, you start to realize, wow, maybe some of these kids- are on to something. Maybe they, they, they actually know what they're doing. They do. And we shouldn't just like immediately think, oh, the younger generation, humbug, you know? No, right. I agree. We should they, not do that. And they're going to be the ones taking care of us. Yes. But yeah. And the business. And hopefully they'll athletes. take care of society too. Right. Which is a big, you know, it's a lot of warning signs and red flags out there on a number of topics. Well, and it just feels like that if we actually listen to them and yeah. have them lead policy, social issues. That's the thing. They're, their communities. That it, we're probably going to be in a better place they're and they're paying attention right. i've had kids that um um they're the president of you know the economic club or the environmental club or um one of my girls was a college softball player and you know her study was faith and social justice and the mm-hmm. combination of the two and wow. it's like that's amazing that and yeah. then she went on to get her math like she's now getting her master's but it's like and our generation was watching beavis and butthead yes, in the 90s but which this is what you know, they're wanting to fix and right. think about and solve and because like, it's up in their face because yeah. we have so many outlets to see the news and consume media that they don't always like what they see and they're actually doing something about right. it which is like refreshing heart, it's heartening yes it sure. is heartening it is heartening well so thank you're doing you. great work with what you're doing by thanks. putting a spotlight on those young people so thank, thank you. you for that thank you that's nice of you to say so thanks for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. And thank you guys for watching or listening to this episode of Hustle and Pro. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and follow us on Instagram at hustle underscore and underscore pro. I'll put it on the screen and we will see you next episode. Bye.